New partnerships are forming to counter China in the Indo-Pacific. The U.S., U.K. and Australia have announced a historic defense agreement called AUKUS. The pact will see the U.S. and the U.K. share sensitive technologies with Australia so that it can build its first nuclear-powered submarines. Although the deal makes no explicit reference to Beijing, it's widely seen as a response to aggressive Chinese posturing in the region. The PLA has become increasingly belligerent toward Taiwan, sending warplanes repeatedly into the island's ADIZ. On Thursday, Japan's defense minister made clear that Taiwan's security was of vital importance to Japan. He said if something were to happen to Taiwan, Japan would need to, quote, respond accordingly. In an interview with CNN, Japan's defense chief reiterated that whatever happens to Taiwan is directly linked to Japan. We think it is very important to have stability on the Taiwan Strait. Because we are close geographically, what could happen in Taiwan would likely be an issue for Japan, in which case Japan would need to respond accordingly. Over recent months, Japan has repeatedly underscored the strategic role of Taiwan. The European Union struck a similar note on Thursday in a statement on its new Indo-Pacific strategy. In the document, it said that the EU aims to upgrade its strategic engagement with the Indo-Pacific. It said it would strengthen its bilateral cooperation with Taiwan, which it referred to as a partner. Under the leadership of President Tsai, our country is being valued more and more, and our international visibility is increasing. Taiwan has been affirmed by the world repeatedly through expressions of support, validations of Taiwan's achievements, and concrete actions. This includes the European nation's donation of vaccines much needed by Taiwan. It includes their expressions of support for Taiwan on various occasions. The EU document mentions the word Taiwan five times. The document notes rising tensions in the Indo-Pacific region, particularly the Taiwan Strait. It says that Taiwan is a partner for the EU in semiconductors and broader trade. It also names Taiwan as a partner in ocean governance and data security. In related news, the U.S., the U.K., and Australia have announced a trilateral security partnership called AUKUS. The pact is seen as pushback against China. The U.S. and Australia mentioned Taiwan in a joint statement on Thursday after the 31st Australia-United States ministerial consultations. The statement said the U.S. and Australia intended to strengthen their relationship with Taiwan and to support its meaningful participation in international organizations. The statement emphasized the two countries' support for a peaceful resolution of cross-strait issues. It hailed Taiwan as a leading democracy and critical partner for both countries. We can see that our efforts at creating international space are paying off. We are not alone and we must work with our neighbors. More and more friendly nations are seeing that Taiwan is resolutely committed to democracy and freedom. They also see that Taiwan can make meaningful contributions to the world. There is growing support for us to join this big international family. Under current international law, Taiwan is still constrained by the one-China policy. But the EU has also admitted that Taiwan is an independent political entity. The EU should be able to carry out separate exchanges with both Taiwan and China.
Statements in support of Taiwan are rising up globally. Earlier this week, the Prime Minister of Slovenia, which currently holds presidency of the European Council, sent a letter to the leaders of all EU member states calling for more support for Taiwan. Slowly but surely, a fledgling alliance of democracies is rising up to counter China. The cabinet is proposing extra defense spending of 240 billion NT over the next five years. The funds are earmarked for weapons, including the Xiongfeng 2E missile system. This domestically developed missile has a range of 600 kilometers, allowing Taiwan to strike key targets along China's coast. A retired Air Force officer said the missile system would strengthen deterrence against a Chinese attack. We need to build up strategic depth. If we are able to strike at the source, we gain depth. And if we gain depth, we gain time. Being able to strike at the source is a defensive capability for Penghu and Taiwan proper. The best defense is offense. National security comes first. Without national security, you've got nothing. The Chinese communists are plotting eagerly and we're waiting in strange geopolitical waters. The nations of the world are all preparing a response. Taiwan, which must defend its sovereignty and safety of its people, cannot let its guard down. Friday was day five of the live fire Hanguang exercises. During this final day of the war games, 10 PLA aircraft enter Taiwan's southwestern ADIZ. This was the 17th such incursion so far this month. In other news, a batch of 640,000 AstraZeneca vaccines landed in Taiwan Friday afternoon. Another 1.08 million Moderna vaccines are scheduled to arrive this evening. Both shipments are part of orders Taiwan placed directly with the vaccine's manufacturer. The CECC said Taiwan was on track to reach 70% one-dose coverage by the end of the year. At 3 p.m. on Friday, 640 AZ doses ordered from the manufacturer landed at the Taoyuan airport. Including this shipment, 4.37 million doses of Taiwan's AstraZeneca order have been delivered. AstraZeneca is currently being administered in Taiwan's eighth round of vaccination. So far, almost 50% of Taiwan's population has received at least one shot of a COVID vaccine. Most of the vaccines administered yesterday were AstraZeneca. We administered 244,715 shots. So currently, vaccine coverage rate stands at 49.19%. Another 1.08 million Moderna vaccines is scheduled to arrive Friday night. Ahead of the fresh delivery, the CECC released its old Moderna stock to administer a second doses. Some 291,000 Moderna doses will be offered to people aged 75 and up and to indigenous people aged 65 and up. As for the Moderna that arrives on Friday, most will be reserved for use as second shots. We began releasing Moderna vaccines today. We only started sending them out today in the morning, so local health authorities will be receiving the deliveries over the course of the day. 
In related news, the 1.84 million Pfizer vaccines that arrived earlier this month have cleared inspection. The first batch of 780,000 doses will soon be distributed to local governments so that student vaccination can start on September 22nd. Vaccination will start on September 25th for adults aged 18 to 22, people aged 65 and up, and people with health conditions aged 40 and up. According to government data, about 4.02 million people have added Pfizer to the vaccine preferences. If any doses remain after the school inoculation drive, they will be offered to other people. If we have any left over, we will roll them out by age. We'll open up vaccines for people below 40 with health conditions. Once they all get a shot, we'll open up to people below 65 with no health conditions. Global vaccine orders are coming in and Taiwan's inoculation campaign is widening. Meanwhile, second shots of the domestically developed Medigen vaccine will be offered starting September 30th. Taiwan is on track to reach one-dose coverage of 70% by the end of the year. The CECC reported two local COVID cases and six imported cases Friday. It also released the genomic sequencing results of 11 imported cases from the past week. All 11 cases involve the Delta strain. Let's hear from the CECC. Every Friday, we announce the genomic sequencing results of some of the recent imported cases. We have results for 11 cases today, and all of them were caused by the Delta virus. That means that so far, we have confirmed a total of 149 people with Delta. Of them, 43 were local infections. We had 17 more local cases of Delta this week. 16 of those infections were involved in the preschool cluster in New Taipei, and one was a cabin cleaner working at the Taoyuan International Airport. The CECC pointed out that one of the recent Delta cases had been vaccinated with two doses of Pfizer and one of AstraZeneca. Officials said that this breakthrough case demonstrated the highly contagious nature of the Delta variant. Mid-Autumn Festival is a time for sweet treats. Apart from mooncakes, the egg yolk pastry is another family favorite. But remember not to microwave them. Why not? New Taipei Fire Department has released a video demonstrating what happens if you do. It's mid-autumn time, and New Taipei Fire Department released this video to show exactly what happens when you put an egg yolk pastry in a microwave. After the bang, a firefighter opens the microwave to find the splattered remains of the pastry. This time, the department is responding not to news of fires or earthquakes, but to seasonal culinary mishaps, inspired by a team member's personal experience. Someone in our brigade had a relative at home who wanted to heat an egg yolk pastry in a microwave. After he did so, he opened it to find that it had disintegrated. Inside these pastries is an egg yolk, which has a membrane which contains water. When it's heated, it evaporates and the water becomes steam. It expands in volume by about 1,700 times. This explosion is caused by a thin membrane in the egg yolk. Other foods with membranes are equally unmicrowavable. Basically, things with a lot of lipids covered with a layer of fat, or things with their own membranes like eggs, all kinds of stuff like that have the potential to explode like this. 
So now you know. Make sure to cut open your egg yolk pastry before heating it up to prevent the pressure from building up. Well, the four-day mid-autumn festival holiday is here. On Friday, the Taipei bus station was already packed with travelers hoping to beat the traffic. The freeway bureau says congestion is likely to start on the number one, three, and five freeways as early as Friday evening. It's early in the morning at the bus terminal, and it's packed with people going home for mid-autumn festival. These passengers got their tickets early. You had to have booked your ticket in advance. If you hadn't, you'd come and find that most tickets here are already sold out. Towing luggage big and small, passengers are ready for a holiday or a trip home. Long lines await buses bound for Taichung, Jiayi, and Nantou. One coach operator says that all peak hour trips on popular routes are more than 90% booked. This year, the difference between Mid-Autumn Festival and Dragon Boat Festival is night and day. Basically, all the peak hour trips are fully booked. There's hot demand for bus tickets and for seats on the train and high-speed rail too. The Taiwan Railways Administration will add 137 services over the mid-autumn festival travel period, or a total of 396 extra cars. Peak hour trips from Taipei to the east coast and Taipei to Kaohsiung have already sold out. As for the high-speed rail, it's already sold 522,000 tickets for the holiday period. The HSR will open an additional 180 for services, increasing daily capacity by 41% compared to weekdays. If you're planning to drive, watch out for traffic on freeways 1, 3, and 5 as early as Friday evening. On National Freeway Number 5, we project an increase to traffic flow starting from 9 or 10. Around the evening, people will be getting off work and there will be eastbound traffic. Because of that, we expect there to be congestion that continues late into the night. Over the holiday, freeways will be toll-free from midnight to 5 a.m. between September 18th and September 20th, and from midnight to 10 a.m. on September 21st. Drivers are advised to hit the road during toll-free periods to avoid getting stuck in traffic. The Transport Ministry has finalized the details of its travel voucher program. It announced Friday that each 1,000 NT voucher can be spent on products like tour packages and hotel stays. A total of 1.2 million vouchers will be distributed through four lottery drawings. Sign-ups for the lottery will open online on September 22nd. As COVID recedes, tourists are once again flocking to local attractions. The Tourism Bureau plans to issue 1.2 million digital vouchers worth 1,000 NT each to promote domestic tourism. There will be 1.2 million travel vouchers. If two people go on each trip, the vouchers will be enjoyed by at least 2.4 million people. In terms of the boost to the tourism sector, the vouchers would generate value of some 5.8 billion NT. As was mentioned just now, in the future there will also be a subsidy plan worth about 1.11 billion NT for group packages for travel agencies. That one is expected to deliver a boost of 6.6 .6 billion NT. So both of these plans together can create 12.4 billion NT in the tourism sector. Registration for quintuple stimulus vouchers opens online on September 22nd. People can also register online to participate in a raffle for travel vouchers. Starting October 12th, 
300,000 vouchers will be handed out in the lottery every Tuesday for four weeks. To spend the vouchers, winners can simply show a QR code or enter a code when purchasing tourism products and services. No change will be given. The Tourism Bureau launched a similar program last year with a budget of 9 billion NT. For this year's program, it's earmarked just 2 billion NT. Of course, last year's safe travel subsidy had an extremely good effect. It offered more money. Last year, each tour group got a subsidy of 30,000, 50,000, or 70,000 NT. That effect was extremely good. This year, due to budgeting issues, the stimulus effect may not be as strong, but it'll help the industry nonetheless. This year, they are just giving out 1.2 million vouchers. Of course, that's not enough, but it's a good start. Industry players say the vouchers are a good step toward boosting domestic tourism. Many are planning offers to attract travelers and make up for losses brought about by COVID. The Financial Supervisory Commission has set a goal to make all banks in Taiwan bilingual by 2030. Many banks have launched recruitment drives for language talent. By the end of this year, First Bank plans to hire 115 staff to work at its 37 bilingual branches. It will offer a monthly salary of at least 45,000 NT. For Mosa News reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. The Financial Supervisory Commission is working to make all banks bilingual by 2030. There are currently 172 bilingual banks in Taiwan. A teller communicates with customers in fluent English, assisting them with transactions. Since 2020, First Bank has established English consultation counters at the general service counters and foreign exchange counters. First Bank says that as of the end of July, approximately 38% of its workforce, or 3,000 bank workers, have taken the general English proficiency test. At present, the percentage of staff that has taken the test has exceeded 30%. We will greatly increase the number of bilingual talent that we have. Applicants will have to score over 800 points on the TOEIC. We have already recruited a large number of talent this year, a total of 115 people, of which 100 are proficient in English and another 15 are proficient in Japanese. The bank says it's seeking 115 hires with language talent this year. Applicants need a score of over 800 points on the TOEIC or equivalent levels on other tests. First Bank plans to set up 37 bilingual branches by the end of this year, offering English, Japanese, and Mandarin services. Last year, we established 12 bilingual banks. So far, 23 multilingual branches have been built, including seven trilingual branches where Japanese services are offered. We will have 37 multilingual branches in total by the end of this year, including nine trilingual branches. We've set up branches where tourists often visit. And what is the fee for the transfer? At CTBC, bilingual banking is not only limited to the counter. Bilingual services is also available at the bank's ATMs and mobile phone app. CTBC says it's working to have bilingual staff at every branch by 2030. As for Sunny Branch, it established its first bilingual demonstration branch on August 2nd. The branch provides personal services and forms in Mandarin and English. Sunny Bank hopes to add three more bilingual branches in the second half of the year. In the future, it will continue to improve the English proficiency of counter staff and extend bilingual services to all branches. 
according to the latest statistics provided by the Financial Supervisory Commission. There are currently 172 bilingual branches across Taiwan. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan, in Taipei. Well, it's Friday, September 17th. In Mandarin Chinese, it's Jiu Yi Qi, which sounds like the homonym for Just Be Together. That made this day extra romantic for couples looking to tie the knot. It didn't hurt that September 17th just happened to be a lucky day on the lunar calendar. On Friday, the Banqiao Household Registration Office issued six times more marriage certificates than usual. With international travel heavily restricted, a honeymoon abroad is out of the question. But at the Tucheng Household Registration Office, newlyweds got to pretend to be on vacation overseas. The office set up props of famous landmarks like the Eiffel Tower and the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Couples were encouraged to pose for photos to preserve memories of love in the time of COVID. A new center for young artists and businesses has opened in Lugang Township, Zhanghua. Based in a Japanese-era compound, the new visitor destination gives young businesses a place to shine. Officials were there for the launch on Thursday, urging tourists to consider Zhanghua for an autumn getaway. Zhanghua's new Hexing Creative Base is officially open. County Commissioner Wang Huimei looks around the venue, offering encouragement to the young artists involved. The land was once a dormitory for Lugang Hexing Police Precinct. Built in the Japanese colonial era, its upkeep was neglected for years falling briefly into serious disrepair. It was almost demolished until the Ministry of Culture earmarked it as a county-level historical monument for preservation. It's now been renovated to the tune of 40 million NT to become a living cultural center and a magnet for young business people. We began a soft launch in July. Although we ran into the pandemic, it went really well. Today, on September 16th, we officially opened the base and welcome everyone to bring their quintuple stimulus vouchers to Zhanghua to spend in Lugang. An old building gets a breath of fresh air. Young entrepreneurs and artists attract lively visitors, and officials hope that the COVID stimulus vouchers are headed their way.